The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Frank. Here we are again a week later and headed into the weekend. Thankfully, we were actually able to breathe in New York City today. We didn't feel like we were inhaling a campfire at close range. So hopefully that stays the case this weekend and we're able to go outside this weekend. All right, uh, as we do each and every Friday morning, I am going to take your questions on any subject for the next hour. Just give me a call, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. I know a lot of you are eager to ask questions about the Trump indictment and or the election. I'm going to focus on the Trump indictment and a bit on the election at 2 a.m. So if you have questions about that, if you really have something you are super curious about, please call in now. But I would just ask, since I'm going to focus on it at 2, please call in at 2 a.m. with your questions about that. If you have questions more generally related to the election, that's great also. But I'm going to speak with uh, Governor Pat McCrory on that subject at 3.30. So maybe call in in the aftermath of that interview. But look, uh, the rules are the rules. You can call in with uh, anything you like. we got a great show for you. we got to ask Frank anything. we got denunciations. We've got Governor Pat McCrory. We've got Debbie Schlussel. We have Jensen Andresen with some great UFO stuff. So whatever your particular itch is, something in the next four hours is going to scratch it. And that's a promise. And if nothing does in terms of talk topics, we're going to play some great music for you for the next few hours. So don't go anywhere. Turn up the radio or your smartphone or whatever you happen to be listening to us. Loud, proud, awake, and alert. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, as you probably know, if you pay even passing attention to politics around the country or in the New York area, Democrats are already pouring millions of dollars into reclaiming New York City suburbs after a midterm drubbing last year. We now have all four congressional seats on Long Island occupied by Republicans. We have previously Democratic seats like the one that's now occupied by Congressman Lawler. That was a Democratic seat. That's now Republican seats. Several state legislative seats which have gone from blue to red. And the Democrats are pouring it all in for a huge fight next year. But there's one thing that Democratic strategists behind the scenes and even some publicly are saying they can't plan for. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Big article in Politico yesterday saying that uh, Adams is a wild card from their own party who is once again going against the political grain. Politico reporting, many fellow party members, especially those on the far left, believe Adams amplified concerns over crime last year by high highlighting changes to New York state bail laws, thereby boosting the candidacies of 
four Republicans who flipped seats north of the city and on Long Island. Now, the mayor has since softened some of his rhetoric on public safety, but at the same time, he's been stirring up resentments in these same districts with a program to bus asylum seekers from Latin America to hotels around the state, bringing a divisive national issue to the doorstep of a lot of New York swing voters while criticizing Democratic President Joe Biden over his immigration policy. Now, think about that. These Democratic strategists and the people that are trying to win these seats are not trying to win these seats by offering a better plan for crime or immigration. Instead, they're saying to Eric Adams, shh, don't make this an issue. Now, how about you actually offer some solutions about how to solve these problems that Eric Adams is raising? How about instead of being irked at Eric Adams for bringing up these concerns, you actually do something about them? How about instead of being mad at Eric Adams for bringing this issue to your doorstep, you be mad at President Biden for not handling the issue properly in the first place? Makes you scratch your head. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Many of you may be wondering whatever happened to Betsy Gottbaum. Many more of you might be saying, who's Betsy Gottbaum? Well, Betsy Gottbaum used to be the New York City public advocate. Public advocate is a useless office that we have here in New York City that performs almost no role whatsoever. You get to break ties in the New York City Council, of which there are none. No public advocate has ever broken a tie. And you get to take over temporarily if the mayor dies, resigns, or is removed from office. No public advocate has ever done that either. But Betsy Gottbaum was the public advocate for two terms, and now she's the executive director at a good government group called Citizens Union, and she and the organization's policy director, Ben Weinberg, wrote an interesting op-ed yesterday about how to increase voter turnout in the city. Now, if I was writing this book, it would be trying to give voters candidates that are actually worth voting for, but that's besides the point. They say the easiest way to increase voter turnout for key city offices like mayor and city council would be to move municipal elections to even-numbered years. Because think about it, they're right. There's a huge turnout whenever there's a vote for president and then a huge drop-off the next year for the election for mayor. There's usually a pretty large turnout in the vote for governor and then a very large drop-off in the vote for other local offices the following year. So it would boost turnout. However, if people aren't interested in electing their mayor or their city councilman or their borough president or their DA, do we really want those people voting in those elections. Essentially, we're saying let's find the New Yorkers who are so disinterested and so disengaged from city government, and I would argue probably the least informed New Yorkers among us, and because they're likely to vote in presidential elections, let's schedule the election for mayor the same day. My fear is this could lead to even a less informed citizenry. I recognize there's a problem with voter turnout, but I think we should keep these elections on odd-numbered years so people could focus on municipal issues. I'm game for being convinced otherwise, but that's my initial impression of their proposal. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
of the New York State legislative session is here, and so too are the deals or lack of deals. And one of the key tech takeaways happens to be housing out reparation study in. Legislative leaders have indicated that they couldn't strike a deal with Governor Kathy Hochul on a last-ditch effort to patch together a housing deal, once again leaving one of the state's most challenging problems for another year. Just kick that can right down the road. But the Assembly and Senate did strike some other deals that were moving through the chamber. The sides passed a bill creating a reparations committee on slavery, making New York only the second state after California to do so. The bill's sponsor, Assemblymember Michelle Solages, said we want to hear from individuals about what we can do to tackle slavery and its legacy. Apparently, they're going to hold hearings all across the state. Now, Republicans knocked the proposal, but Assemblymember Solages responded, when one group of individuals are uplifted, we are all uplifted. This is a lot of nonsense. It has not worked out in California. Even Gavin Newsom, I think, regrets going along with this commission to study reparations because he recognizes California doesn't have the money to pay reparations to people. How about this? New York State did away with slavery in 1824. We also had a lot of New Yorkers that died in the Civil War on the side of abolishing slavery, essentially. I realize the Civil War is more complicated than that, and there were other factors, but that's one of the key takeaways that happened as a result. How about if you are the descendant of someone that was enslaved in New York prior to 1824, you can get money directly from anyone that's a descendant of someone that owned slaves prior to 1824. That is a form of reparations that I can live with. Otherwise, we have had no slavery in New York state for two centuries. Why are we talking about reparations now? It's nonsense. The state has real problems. That's what we should be focused on. Beam me up. To be continued.